Hello and welcome to another episode of the Broadband Bunch. I'm Joe Coldabella and we are at NTCA's annual R Time event in sunny San Diego. Joining me is Cassidy Hempstead, the CEO and general manager of SRT Communications from Minot, North Dakota. Cassidy, welcome to the Broadband Bunch. Thank you so much, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you for telling our story. It is so important what you do. So we just appreciate this and I appreciate the opportunity. Really appreciate you having you on the show. Um, before we dive into the SRT story, I would love it if you could just give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself. You got some some really interesting uh, stories along the way. Interesting stories for sure. Um, grew up in a small town, 45 minutes north of Minot. Uh, no stop signs, just yield. Um, so rural North Dakota, a few minutes, little little bit from Canada. And went to college at University of Minnesota. Um, after college, took a job with the Timberwolves. Moved to the Phoenix Suns, lived in Phoenix for a while, worked there, and then moved home for SRT Communications to take over as uh, director of communications. Right, okay, Cassie. So I, I've got to ask. So, so you went you you went from the super cold of of North Dakota to the super hot of Phoenix, Arizona, back to the super cold. I, I mean, did you lose a bet or? I do think people were like, "What is wrong with her?" However, um, honestly, it was for family. Um, I, my parents are still in North Dakota and my dad had gotten sick and so just felt the need. Something was calling me home. And so I had told my mom and shared it with some family. I I was looking to get closer. Um, Loved my time in the NBA. Had such a phenomenal experience, but there was just something calling me back. And when the opportunity for SRT came open, I was like, I should look into this. And sure enough, was lucky enough to get the job. And that's where I've been for 12 years. Wow, that's great. You know, it's always fascinating learning about how people sort of almost fall their way into the industry. There's there's no really um, sort of simple path in terms of how folks get here. It's crazy. It is crazy. And, you know, I knew what SRT was because we had service from them, landline phones. We had call waiting. We had our own 800 line that we could call when we were in college to call home to our parents, right? So I knew exactly who the company was, but never had even considered it when I was leaving to, to leaving North Dakota um, and then coming home and being able to work for the largest co-op um, to be able to serve 25,000 broadband customers and be able to serve our small towns that I grew up in is turned into such a passion of mine. No, that's great. So so in terms of just the, the overall, so is it um, SRT, is that only in Minot, Minot or is it... Um, nope. Go ahead and I'd love to sort of get a, uh, I guess, a 30,000 foot view of, of the, the company. Yeah, absolutely. So our square miles is about 5,400 square mile territory. We serve um, up to the Canadian border. And when we used to have our wireless cell phones, uh, we actually had Canadian customers because they didn't have cell service there except for us. Right, right. So we kind of extended, I suppose. But wink, um, wink. Yes. <laughs> but we don't, we're no longer in the business. Um, and so we serve about 32 gigabit communities um, and then including Monet, which is obviously our largest. Um, so our smallest town has 19 people and up to we just crossed the 50,000 threshold mark for Minot. So wow, so population yeah. wise. And so it's interesting in the sense that you, you you guys are sort of a tweener state, right? In terms of like you're not a, obviously an NFL city, which is, you know, doesn't have a problem with with um, getting broadband. And, and you're also not super small. So I would, would love it if you could sort of talk about some of those challenges. Yeah. So SRT was originally just the rural communities and SRT, the co-op, approached a larger company 
and bought it. And that's how we acquired Minot and we built them into the co-op. So we've kind of always says we're We've, the joke is that we're almost a little bit wrong sized because a small co-op didn't typically go buy a larger city yeah, that's and then interesting. fold them into the co-op. The thing today now is to see like into it, right? And get those customers because you're providing such good broadband. Uh, but these are all our true members and our owners. So obviously you've, you've been around about 70 years. Um, I, just I would love it if you could t- sort of touch on the importance of having a, a community-based um, fiber network for you know the smaller towns that that don't maybe have the um the amount of folks to to make it worthwhile for the for the big boys to come in and and um and serve yeah absolutely you know our board of directors had the vision to put fiber in our rural communities first so we used USDA rural utility service loans to build out our entire rural service area and it's 100% fiber we're in the process of building minot fiber with internal cash and and our own funds but The vision that they had to do that was amazing because, unfortunately, when the pandemic hit, what would our students have done had they not had fiber? And so we committed to making sure that every student, which had already had built out to their house, but had connectivity and the ability to do that. Our schools, who are fantastic, made sure that all the kids had devices. And so for us to say that North Dakota in general, because honestly, our whole state is pretty well built out. Um, There's just a few pockets left. We say we have about 6,000 locations left in our entire state to go. And then North Dakota will be 100% fiber. But for us to have that done and to be able to serve those students, it just, and people to work from home, right? Um, Right. It served us well. You know, that's great. Because honestly, you know, as I interview folks from from uh, across the country and sometimes we get folks around the world honestly when you just said that that North Dakota is almost completely um, fiber it's, it must be so gratifying you as for the state in terms of just like hey listen we're ahead of the curve because that curve that's coming down is going to be massive so that's awesome it's incredible and that's credit to all of the boards and the CEOs and our companies who have paved the way for us to do this and our association as a state we've always really worked well together um, and so I think that is that's part of why we are so successful is because we're trying to I guess you can consider North Dakota a flyover state right from many it's in it's I think it's in a song even <laughs> um, and from that standpoint we've kind of had to be the grit and we've had to do things on our own, and that's part of why we are built out the way we're built out. No, that's that's great because, and you know, it. I think it's the epitome of the sort of the the rule mentality mentality of like, hey, we'll get it done, we'll figure it out. Yep, and that's what we've done. Awesome. All right. So um, now, just in terms of challenges, that you know, obviously, it's it's there. Have there been any that have been sort of lingering, or it sounds like you guys are doing an awesome job, though. We thank you. I mean, I like to think that we are as well as a state and as SRT, but there's definitely challenges Um, from the standpoint of Minot. It's too big to be rural. So we don't qualify for broadband funding from a lot of standpoints. Um, We have competition, so it's not unserved. And honestly, those urban customers deserve to have just as much connectivity. So that's why when I mentioned earlier, we're building it out ourselves and using our own cash. We don't qualify for a lot of the funding because we're too big to be rural. So <sighs> sometimes I just wonder because it, it definitely is sort of uh, it's a it's a crazy thing that that we're undertaking right now. Just, you know, some people qualify, other people don't qualify. And so it must be challenging for you guys to sort of like, um, you know, hey, listen, we're going to do it, but it's going to take some time. It is. And workforce challenges from the standpoint of 
how fast can we do this? Because let's face it, everyone wants broadband. You can't live without it. It is just as essential, in my opinion, but I'm obviously biased, as electricity. Um, Our kids can't function without it. When they're, we have snow days and they want to not cancel school. So they go virtual. And so it truly is essential. The amount of people that work from home, the telehealth that we serve in our rural communities, all of it, it's critical. Right. I know some gamers that would, would um, you know, would give up water before they uh, gave up their uh, their internet. So it totally makes sense. It's funny you say that because, so we serve a Minot Air Force Base. It's eight miles north of Minot. And there's 8,000 airmen and airwomen there every day that are our most highest gig customers that we have in our entire service area because there is so many gamers. So I agree with you that they would say it's critical, probably also critical to national defense too, but you I know, mean, <laughs> there's that. No, that's great. Um, and just, I would love it. You know, what kind of reaction do you get from your, your local community? Cause you guys are local as well. Obviously you might have some, some bigger, um, uh, you know, competition, but I'm sure that the fact that you guys are local helps in terms of just like, um, hey, listen, we've got local people that we can trust. We do. Our techs are known by name, right? We get calls. Can I have so-and-so come back to my house? Because that's the relationships we build. Um, we live, we work there, we play, we go to school, church, everything in all of our communities. The other piece is we donate a lot back. Um, we created our SRT CARES program. Um, and the funny thing about that is when I worked for the Suns, we had NBA CARES Um it was the first ever really CARES program. And now you can't not go to some major company right. and not see it on a website. Um, but basically, we, are, as a co-op, we've done that for 70 plus years. The difference between SRT CARES is that it's actually part of what we're built from. It's not We're not doing it to sell more services or sell more tickets necessarily. Um, we're doing it because that's who our member owners are. And if our rural communities don't thrive, and I've said this since I've been in my CEO position, we don't thrive. You know, we may have Minot, but we were founded by these communities. This is where we all live. This is what spurs economic growth for North Dakota. And by us providing the fiber, it's only going to help those communities grow. So we do a lot with giving back to our communities. We have donations. We have sponsorships. We do scholarship programs. Um, We're working on doing more with rural development in general and so that we can just continue to, to help them thrive. No, that's awesome. You, you know, it's it's those little things that 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 local communities or companies do for their communities that really stands out. So, uh, just awesome to hear stories like that. Um, so, we talked a little bit about workforce challenges, and then what about supply challenges? It's it's one of those things where, unfortunately, sort of everyone's had to deal with it. Has it been good, bad, or indifferent with you guys? It's definitely challenging. We are no different than any other company across the U.S. um, when it comes to telco. So not only are some of our vendors facing those challenges, we're on a worldwide allocation for some of the equipment. We need to upgrade some of our upgrade some of our transport network. We're obviously with our fiber network. The more customers we turn on, the more capacity we need. So to be on a 360 day. Uh, wait times. And we're trying to order ahead of time. We're trying to think two years out, but it's also cost money to do that. And so budgeting is very difficult when you're trying to say, is it going to come in this year's budget or next year's? Um, And, you know, our vendors are doing everything they can, but hopefully we can, it's starting to slow down and we can start to see some stuff move um, because we want to get our fiber finished and we want to get our project done. Right. No. And it's funny. We've we've been doing some interviews lately where um, 
it's scary when it, it really does have an accordion effect where everyone, I think everyone wants to, um, you know, fulfill the orders. Everyone wants to, to work together, but it's hard. It's one of those things where if there's one little hiccup in the supply chain, the ripple effect is just devastating. It is. So I'll give you an example of our, of our current issue, but we're upgrading our transport ranks. And Monad Air Force Base, which has most our, our most gig customers, is on one of our three rings. And we couldn't get the equipment in. Worked with our vendor, and they're doing everything we, they can to try and help us. Um, but we're missing a key component to being able to finish the upgrade. Everything else is in place. And the second we can get the last piece of equipment, that network will be upgraded. And it's hugely critical because not just for the gamers themselves, but again, we're tied to our, our Air Force. And so the things that we're doing just to that we're seeing this, the, the long term effects of us not being able to finish the projects we've tried to do is is true. It's crazy. And then um, just out of curiosity, in terms of funding, since since you're you're um, sort of a tweener, as we said before, um, is that one of those things where it's it's front and center or is it one of those where since you're kind of in between, you, you don't uh, you're not eligible for it? Well, we're not eligible based off of the size of Minot and because we're not unserved. Our, we are a served area and we do have good competition. Um I think the biggest critical piece for funding for us is that USF reform, which is a huge topic at this conference because it is critical to us. The amount of money that we're investing in the fiber networks, the amount of fiber we had to put in the ground, right, miles-wise, 5,400 miles of service area, but we have over 8,000 miles of fiber in the ground so far, and we're not done. So the fact that we still have to be able to sustain these networks and then pay for them long term and continue to upgrade the, the equipment so that we can meet the demands of our customers, that's where our funding is going to be critical for us. And USF is extremely important. So I probably sound like a broken wheel considering what the topics of this conference are, but they're so timely and it's really important to us. So, no, that, that raises as a great point. In terms of the event itself, are, are, is there anyone you're looking forward to talking to or, or seeing? Or, or is it one of those things when you come to an event like this, it's like you want to see everybody? I am the type of person that if I see someone in the hall, I try to grab everyone I can because everyone here is trying to do the same thing. So there's a lot of crit- lot of critical conversations. Of course, Shirley and Mike leading NTCA, um, being able to talk to the NTCA board members who are great, obviously, at listening to what our needs are across the industry. Um, I try to grab our vendors just because they do so much for us, but continuing to, this business is about relationships and our industry is built on relationships. And like I said earlier, I think that's evidenced with what we've done in North Dakota, our co-ops and our companies that work together to build what we have. That's how the industry functions. So, well, it's kind of funny though, right? Because it's it's a it's a people person relationship. Yet we're all trying to get online. So absolutely, but I think those one on one conversations are what lead to us being able to bring everyone online. So. No, no, no. I, I think it's it's super super critical and. Um, it's one of those things where I would assume that the great thing is that is that you don't have any direct competition. So people, if they encounter something and they solve the problem, you can sort of lean on them for for answers because it's one of those things where we you know we rise um, all boats with the you know with rising sort of, tides. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think that's why this powerful group of you know I think probably over two thousand people. I'm not even sure what, what how many people, but it's a lot, right? Yeah, that absolutely. come to San Diego. And and it's rural America. It's us telling our story, getting to talk to folks like you. Thank you again. Because if we don't come together, 
one voice in Monet, North Dakota, one co-op, right, um, isn't necessarily going to move the needle. But hopefully the 850 plus of us together companies plus the 2,000 people in this location start to do that. You know, and I, 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 I think that's a really important point in terms of the importance of, of, of this organization, especially in Washington, where it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's like when you guys are one voice, you can get so much more done. Absolutely. In North Dakota, we're a small state. So we have one representative, Representative Armstrong, and two, of course, our two senators, Senator Hoven and Senator Kramer. And they're fantastic. But we're still small because it's North Dakota. We don't have as many. The nice part about us, and that's what's a huge advantage for us, is that we can call their offices. I just had coffee with Senator Kramer's person in Minot, Caitlin Weidart. And so to be able to have those relationships, that says a lot about what rural America builds, right? And how we can be effective. Um, and we're so appreciative of what our senators and our representative does for us because they listen. They know who we are. Uh, they know what SRT is. And so that's an advantage. That, that's great. I mean, it's it's awesome. You really are cooking with gasoline. So... Um... <laughs> So let's look a little bit into the future. So like in the next, uh, you know, two to three years, um, you know, where do you see um, things happening and, and things as long as the supply chains hold out? You know, you know, what do you see for S SRT communications? Absolutely. As long as supply chains and funding. Again, because we're still in such a critical build stage, we owe that to the rest of our customers who don't have the ability to have gigabit service. And frankly, they're still on DSL. That is not even... You can't run an iRobot va robot vacuum off of DSL. Come on. I mean, absolutely, you know. <laughs> but I think looking down the road, we finish our fiber. And then from there, we have, we're fortunate enough. So here's where we're not wrong sized is that we're big and we have a lot of talent and every company does. But we also have a local university. And so we can pull a lot of uh, IT. We have a cybersecurity defense program now that our college, our local university is offering, Monet State University. So to be able to grab those students and build our IT teams, I see there's an opportunity for us to hopefully be able to help other companies that need it, say our partners in North Dakota, our colleagues, um, that maybe don't have the large staff that we do. We've been approached by other businesses, especially locally and other co-ops in the area to be able to farm out some of that expertise. So if there's an opportunity for us to maybe grow there and be able to serve others, because let's face it, cybersecurity is not going anywhere. And it has to be top of mind, especially considering where we're located. Um, so looking ahead to try and figure out what other businesses we can do that make sense to us that use our expertise that we have in-house. That's one opportunity I'm looking at. Now, have you considered maybe creating an innovation center or whatever? We have. That's interesting you say that. I have it, uh, a proposal on my desk for that. Um, and we kind of have our own internal one where we actually encourage our people to go play with new devices and not not robot vacuums for necessarily, but the devices that are helping make our network work testing the security, seeing if they can hack into it, that kind of stuff. Okay. We've got some fabulous talent on staff. So if we take that a step further and do it more of an innovation lab and where else do we go? Um, and then the other thing is, how do we bring our rural communities? Because again, it's always, that's such a huge passion of mine. How do we bring them back into the fold? And I was just talking this morning with a colleague who they have, um, they run our Central, uh, Central Regional Education Association. And three of them all work remotely in one of our towns that has less than 300 people in it. 
And so what do we do to help create a co-working space for them where we're not just the pipe provider, but we provide the technology that they need so that they can have an office space to go to and collaborate? Because that's what's going to spur our small towns as well to come up with creative new ways to thrive. Well, and I also think as right as a smaller state, it's also with having a five fiber built out is that you're not losing as many people because it's one of those things as well. It's like now that you have the technology, you can also attract people as well. So credit to our state, we have a program called Find the Good Life in North Dakota, and it is a talent attraction program. And luckily enough, um, our chamber EDC for Monat has um, a great staff. And we had the first person ever move from Washington, state of, the state of Washington, to North Dakota, to Monat, and chose to work at an IT company. So, you know, everyone's trying to find ways, right, to attract people. We want to make sure we're keeping our talent because we've got fantastic people. Um, we like to say we have really good work ethic because, you know, we grew up in the cold and it's a lot of times and people grew up on farms. And so they're used to working hard and getting the job done, kind of like how we built out the state. So I think that's a huge attraction piece for North Dakota is to keep that talent there. And then, again, we just be able to provide the technology they need and be a partner with them. Well, it's also one of those things where, you know, I was just reading is that a lot of people, um, you know, if you're in the big cities in terms of for whatever reason, they're they're looking to go to more rural communities. So it's one of those things where it sounds like it's a great program. Quality of life, housing, technology, ability to work from anywhere. It's all there. So I'm biased again, but I moved home for a reason, right? If I didn't want to live there, I didn't have to stay. And I love it. We have fantastic community. We have so many good things happening. Um, our state overall in general just has really friendly economic policies. Um, I will tell you, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank okay. just talked about mine in North Dakota on Fox News business segment because of all the exciting things that we have happening both in the state and the opportunities that we have because of our technology abilities. That's that's awesome. Um, you know, I'd like to sort of end the interview on, on two different points. The first one is as I was, you know, doing a little research on you and just uh, on this on this on the city of Minot, um, there was a a baseball team in the 1920s, the the Minot Why Nots. Uh, and and just learning a little bit about that, it was because of the sort of the sensibilities of the folks from North Dakota. Is that sort of like a perfect name for you guys? It is. And the funny thing about this is while I don't know a lot about the baseball team, um, we still use it. Everyone says, why not, why not? Number one, because when you see the spelling of it, M-I-N-O-T, not everyone knows how to say it. So Guilty. You, it's easy to remember. Why not, why not? Um, and then we have another saying that says, only the best come north. And so it's true. We like to think that. We like to say that. We like to say, hey, come here and be a part of what we have going on because we work hard, we play hard, but it's a beautiful place to live and raise a family. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, as we're winding down, is there anything that we missed that you'd like to talk about? I don't think so. I think just the passion for rural America, for what we're doing, not just as as telecom industry, but especially where I live and, and what we get to do on a day in and day out basis. I see our future even though there's uncertainty with funding and, and supply chain and stuff, that we are critical and I only see us continuing to thrive as long as we can continue to keep our um, rural communities helpful, sustainable. It's been an awesome visit. Now I've got the most important question to ask. Uh, will the Phoenix Suns win the NBA championship this year? So exciting. Not this year, but I think they are on the verge. I mean, Cassidy, uh, why not? Because 
tea culture. And I will tell you this from all of our days there, the year the year that I was there when we were so close and we made it to the Western Conference Finals, we had fantastic team chemistry. And Steve Kerr built the Golden State Warriors off of that. And I was with Steve for many years. And they don't have the culture yet or the team chemistry yet because with Kevin Durant being new, which I'm so happy he's in Phoenix, um, they've got the right pieces in place. But they got to have time to build that culture and that team chemistry. So it's coming. All right. Well, hopefully, hopefully at least this year or next year, because as someone who grew up in in Phoenix, it's one of those things where I've always wanted the the Suns to win a title. So um, thank you so much. It's been great chatting with you. I would love it a little bit down the line. We we meet up again because I think the the North Dakota, the Mayotte story is a fantastic one. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Well, this is going to end this episode of the Broadband Munch. Until next time, we'll see you guys later.